Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, I sort of got thrown about a little bit this uh, in preparing this weekend because I left my phone at my parents' house last night and that had all my notes on it and everything. So I was, got up and I'm out of routine. I didn't have my notes and so I was a little bit out of whack. So we'll see what comes out this morning. Is that okay? Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever happens, it will be amusing, I'm sure. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to start, uh, look, it's, it's Pentecost, which is... Um, we remember 50 days after Easter is the day of Pentecost and the Sunday after 50 days after Easter. And so what is that? Well, obviously, it's a time where um, the believers were gathered in Jerusalem. And we're going to read a little bit about this. And they were waiting on the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And then the Holy Spirit was poured out. And um, I want to share today on what I've called conviction and experience. Conviction and experience. But I said to Rocky, let's not throw it up on the screen. So you're going to have to listen to me talk and read Acts chapter 2. Most of you know this pretty well, but I just want to give us an outline of what happened on the day of Pentecost and why. So I'll read, I'll probably skim through. Hopefully you can follow me, but I'm reading from Acts chapter 2 verse 1 if you want to follow along in your phones, Bibles, apps, whatevers. On the day of Pentecost, All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard a loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are, from, are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. And people from all sorts of lands, uh, lands around, both Jews, converts to Judaism, and then it keeps going. And then I'm going to skip down and say, uh, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. In verse 14, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And this is his prophecy. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike. And they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above, the signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will be turned blood red. 
before that great and glorious day, the Lord of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Conviction and experience. These are two ways that we can follow after the heart of God. I want to express these two different things. They're not actually polar opposites. Uh, They're not opposed to each other. They're not exclusive to each other. But what we find in our journeys, and many of you sitting here today, you would have got saved or brought into the kingdom or a fresh revelation of Jesus by experience, by an encounter with God. Maybe in your bedroom, maybe at a meeting, maybe at a prayer group, worship night or driving along, whatever it is, you had an encounter and experience where God made himself real to you. And you know that you came in contact with the supernatural living God. And by that experience, that has been powerful. It's kept you. It's, it's maybe something you go back to from time to time and go, I know that was real. I know he's real. But then we probably have the other half of the room, like me, who got saved by conviction and got brought in by conviction. And sometimes people can take an exclusive point of view thinking that you really can only be properly saved unless it was by conviction or by experience. But they're not mutually exclusive. It's both and. And some of you may be a hybrids. Now, I'm not talking about some weird, you know, bio-transhumanism. I'm talking about hybrids that you've had both conviction and experience. And maybe experience came first, then conviction. Or maybe conviction came first, then experience. Both are correct. But what we see here in Acts chapter 2, and I, I love how Peter addresses the crowd. And he stood up with the 11 and shouted to the crowd. I mean, can you imagine the chaos that was going on? We're talking about 120 people who were gathered, the fire of God fell in that room, tongues of fire fell on them, a mighty rushing wind, everyone heard it from around, what's going on, shaking, a wind blew through that place and then they're all almost acting as if drunk and the Holy Spirit's filled them, other people don't know what's going on, they're they're weird, they're scared, they're they're amazed, they're perplexed, the Bible says, because they're speaking in this language which is... They're from all different lands, right? And they're hearing these people who they know are are Jews and from this region talking in their language. And it lists off about 20 or 30 different languages. And so this one people group are speaking 20 or 30 different languages supernaturally. And this is not by mistake. This is the chaos that is caused when the Holy Spirit falls. If you want the Holy Spirit nicely wrapped... In your version, what suits you, you won't get him. Or if you do, you're going to be offended by what he does. We've seen many, many times when God blows into a room and there's always a fence, not a gate fence. Sometimes that too. But there's a fence. I don't know why God does this, but it's, it, it, it shines a light on us of what we're comfortable with and what we're not comfortable with. And I'm not saying we just have crazy for the sake of crazy, because that can be the flesh just as much. But if we want the pure spirit of God, then we've got to be willing to risk it for a biscuit. Okay? You've got to be willing. You're not going to get the biscuit unless you risk it. Remember that. Does that make sense? Or have I just lost everyone? Thanks, Keith. Keith and Steve, what would I do without you guys? 
Many of us have heard this story so many times that it's like, yeah, well, you know, we've been saying that, we've been praying that for a long time, especially if you've been in a Pentecostal charismatic movement, you would, you would have heard this so many times, but we can forget the power of the Holy Spirit can change everything in an instant. We had a lot of rain last night. I think it was nearly 50 mil of rain we, we got anyway. And I always know when there's a lot of rain because when I wake up in the morning... So yesterday, I looked down at our, our large dam and it didn't have very much water in it. It's, it was like a third full. This morning, I wake up, it's chock-a-block full. It's absolutely full, which is great. But it's astounding how quickly it will fill up when he really wants to pour out. It's astounding. I mean, he can accomplish things that we've been trying years and years and years to break through. And in one night, he can break things and bring, and the floodgates will open. And so many of us have been praying for things for years. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up because one night he's going to send the rain. One day he's going to send the rain. And you'll go, I'm so glad I didn't give up. I'm so glad I didn't give up when, I, when everything was going against me. And one day he's going to come. And it happened last night. The rain, I wasn't really expecting that much. I wake up. I didn't even know. We heard a bit of wind and rain. Wow, it's full. And so God sovereignly and supernaturally does this stuff. The other thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes is... What we've seen over the years, and we've been kind of in the flow of the Holy Spirit for something like, you know, nearly 30 years now. We've seen a few decades of God moving and, and, and almost like his hand pours out strong and then resists a little bit. Pours out strong and resists. And you can see this throughout history. You know, every 20, 30, 40 years, there's a move of God which, which blows out the gospel and his name gets expanded quickly. And then there's almost a bit of a, a leaning back and a leaning forward. And so... You know, we're due for a little leaning forward, I think. Um, but we can see what often happens is it's like a magnifying glass shines on us. And whatever's in us gets magnified. And so I can remember meetings where the power of God's moving strongly and people are manifesting a bit demonically. And, you know, critics who would come in, uh, Heidi Baker calls them the revival police, would be in the meetings and, and they, they would say, oh, they're manifesting demons at that meeting. Well, that's true because the magnifying glass of the Holy Spirit would shine on people and demons wouldn't like it. But for the others of us, hopefully most of us, all of us who don't have demons, it would be the Holy Spirit that is manifesting. So don't be surprised if you see the counterfeit and the real manifesting when the power of God flows. It's happened throughout revival history. Read, read Jonathan Edwards, John Wesley. Read about all revivals of history and you'll see that the counterfeit comes as soon as the Holy Spirit comes. Because he tries to come and steal, kill and destroy the authentic. The authentic. Don't write off the authentic just because you see some fake. I'm warning some people here. Your conviction people, your intellectual people, your brain people, I love you because I'm one of those people. I'm maybe not brainy, but I'm one of those people. I like order. I like to understand what's going on. But one thing I've worked out about the Holy Spirit is if you say, come Holy Spirit, and he comes, it's his rules, not ours. And if we want to box him in and, and we just want it prissy and nice, we're going to get the same church that we've had in Australia for 200 years. And it's a church that has not seen revival poured out in the nation properly, fully. 
like has in England and America and Africa and Asia. Maybe we've been too prissy, I don't know. But at the end of the day, both conviction and experience are real ways of encountering God. And you'll know sometimes that he will seek you out slowly and gently inwardly. And that's kind of the conviction. The conviction comes inwardly when he's whispering. He's saying something to you. Or maybe you read his word and it quickens to you. That's a conviction. That's the, it's still the Holy Spirit. It's exactly the same God. But he's working inwardly through our conscience, through our spirit, if you like, and quickening things to us in our conviction. We need his voice in that way, just like we need experience and encounter. It's not one or the other. Sometimes we... We, we can major on one and forget about the other. I believe we are at our best and our strongest when we have both. R.T. Kendall, great preacher who's now well in his 80s, who's longed for uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, loves revival, but also a great theologian, a great teacher of the word, quite a conservative you know, speaker in his style. Uh, he says he believes when the word movement and the spirit movement finally come together, there will be an unleashing of power on earth like we've never seen. Because some people are really comfortable in setups where the word is, is everything. And, and we just preach the word, we speak the word, believe the word, and we believe all that too. Others are really comfortable in spirit, you know, worship and, and going for the signs, wonders and miracle and the supernatural. And there's nothing wrong with that too. It's awesome. But we need both. We need both so that we can be centered on Christ, but unleashing his power. And I, I love listening to R.T. Kendall. When he says that, he says that I believe with a prophetic clarity to us, the church, we need to be word and spirit. And when the two come together within us, it unleashes something. Because then we have the strength and the truth and the guts of the word of God and the gospel as central. That's our guidepost. That is everything. It is our authority. But then we have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit demonstrated to our community. So this is what we see on the day of Pentecost here. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, inspired, I believe, with the Holy Spirit. It's in Scripture that way. We see this incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit, demonstration, power, uh, and just something they'd never seen before. This was fresh and new, and people are, are filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues all over the place. And what does he do? He gets up with clarity and preaches, here's what's going on, everyone. And this is what we see with both conviction and experience, or word and spirit. We see the two are powerful when they run together. And so the preaching of the gospel, Peter gets up, he articulates what's going on. He says, guys, remember, it's in Scripture. This is what the prophet Joel told us. And so when you see or when you experience, maybe you'll experience, we pray soon, the Holy Spirit coming on you in a fresh new way. Sometimes our first reaction in the flesh is a little bit hesitant. It's a little bit fearful. But just remember, that's the same human response of every person in Scripture when an angel appeared. They fell to the ground. They were fearful. Why? Because to our humanity, the supernatural power of God is very, very scary. And so sometimes, uh, you know, I, I've seen this many times over the years. People 
when, when the Holy Spirit is moving and, and people are being affected manifestly by the power of God, they, they might feel a little bit scared or worried. What is going on? Because it's, it's new. I'm not aware of this. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. You didn't stop there when you went to a new school. You didn't stop there when you first went to university. You didn't stop there when you first started the new job. You didn't stop there when you first started driving your car. Fear is a normal human response to something new. But it's not a reason to turn away and say, it may be scared. I don't know what's going on. Because that's just the human condition. And so we, we, we like Peter... We want to articulate how God moves and what he does, but we'll never quite know. And so both conviction and experience are some things that we want to hold to and want to say, God, you're going to have to come because, like we've said many, many times, this generation in Australia is needing an experience and conviction of Jesus like never before. Like never before. And it's, it's one of those things, like I say, when the magnifying glass, the supernatural magnifying glass of the presence of God comes and things get heightened, just think now what we're seeing in society, what's going to get heightened? Some pretty crazy gear. And it's not going to be nice. Church may not be nice and perfect for us. You might see some demonic manifestations. You might see some weird th- stuff. Read your Bible. Where Jesus went, demons came out of people. It is not a good intellectual argument to say, I was fearful, there were demons manifesting, uh, there was supernatural stuff I didn't understand, I'm sorry. If that's your excuse, you're not going to like what's going to happen here. We pray in the years to come. But we need to keep moving forward. I preached last week on a new season. The only way, the only way the church of Jesus Christ is going to grow in Australia is not through intellect no matter how good your social media post is, no matter how convincing our argument, it does not win cities. The only way cities have been won throughout history is the power and presence of God. The only way way cities are still being won now in Africa, in South America, in India, in Asia, is the power and the presence of God. It's not intellect. It's not preachers. It's not preachers getting up here. I bet you can't even remember five sermons that I've ever preached. But you can remember when God touched you. This is the thing that will make the ultimate difference. And this generation is more tangible, accessible, influenced than ever before. And so when God moves, it will be like wildfire. It will be like wildfire. We were riding motocross yesterday out at a motocross track and it was a little bit windy. Actually, it was quite windy. And there's this one particular track that's got some big jumps on it. And um, we're riding around about a kilometre, let's say. And riding in the northerly direction, we are against the wind. And it was full on. It was like heavy duty. We're going 80, 90 kilometres an hour. And, and it's the wind's coming at you. Very, very, you have to concentrate. You have to, you know what you're doing. But we didn't tackle the jumps going north because it sort of flies you off the jump and all sorts of things. I won't tell everything because Karen might get worried about what we do at the, at the course. But it's a little bit scary sometimes. And then we swing around and you're heading south and it's like, oh, there's no breeze at all because you're going about the same 
uh, speed as the wind and you can fly over the jumps and it's just as, it's cruisy, it's as easy as anything. And then you come back round and you're in a headwind again and then, you know, you have to concentrate and, uh, but you still go because you're on a motocross bike so you want to ride fast and that's what it's all about. But um, it, it teaches me anyway a good lesson. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Even if you're facing headwinds right now, keep moving forward because sooner or later it's going to turn around and you're with the wind. And then when you're with the wind, you can go twice as fast. You can accomplish everything so much easier when you're with the wind. Two analogies. Um, some people like my analogies. Some people are bored of them, I'm sure. But, but the dam can fill up overnight. If you're empty... If the dam is empty, if your faith is empty, it can fill up all overnight. Just keep going. Even if the headwinds are against you, just keep riding. Just keep going because you never know. If you are faithful, he will come through for you. And in a moment, he can turn things around. And this is what we pray for our city and for our nation. Albert Einstein said this, The only source of knowledge is experience. The only source of knowledge is experience. Experiencing God, experiencing him in whatever way he comes. Maybe he comes like an internal strong conviction. Or maybe he comes with power upon you. I believe we need both. And when we have that, we have an experience of God that no one can convince us out of. And we don't need to try and convince and argue everyone in because hopefully we're like on the day of Pentecost, we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and he flows through us. And believe me, when you're riding with the wind, you don't even know you're riding. It's that easy. You can sail over jumps that are quite difficult when you're against the wind. And this is what it's like when the Holy Spirit pours out. Now, I believe it only takes one of us two of us, one spark, to begin to believe again, to begin to see with fresh eyes and see, God, it is possible. It is possible in my life. It's possible in my family. Do you know what? He's done it in far worse scenarios, far worse scenarios than yours and mine. And he wants to do, I believe he wants to do it again. I'd love us to stand this morning. Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to just stand. Um, I'm going to ask Karen to come up. And we're going to just pray for a minute. Is that okay? If you don't want to, you don't have to. If you're desperate for coffee, you can go and get a coffee. There's no, no obligation. <laughs> you're free. But at the same time, our city needs a move of God. Our nation needs a move of God. You know, we're pretty active politically, but I know at the end of the day, it's only going to get us so far. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes, the dam can fill up overnight, overnight. So we want to pray today. We want to decree over us. Who knows what God wants to do? We don't know. We, we have no form. We have no methodology other than saying, God, we need you. So we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God would just move and we're going to see what he wants to do. Is that okay? So if you want to, just lift your hands and become expectant that he will come and touch you, speak to you. Maybe he'll move with conviction inside of you. Maybe his power and presence will begin moving over you, upon you. Go with it, whatever, whatever it is. The Bible says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will not give you a snake. 
He's a good heavenly father. He won't give you something else. He'll give you himself. And so, Lord, that's what we're doing here this morning. We have no agenda or form other than to say, Father, we need your power. We need your presence. We want to see you move in our lives and in our city. And on this day of Pentecost, we remember you, great Holy Spirit, moving so powerfully and birthing the New Testament church. And we remember that today and we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, upon us, your people, from every tribe and tongue and from all over, with one voice, Lord, we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way. We say, Send revival, Lord Jesus, upon us, in us.